Hello and welcome to episode 589 of League House Podcast. I am Nick Cooper. Joining me is Colton Blue Basket. I'm not saying it. Oh, he's not even going to say my last name because he doesn't want to dox me. Hey, it's Bye. me, one of your regularly scheduled hosts of the show. I'm here. Yeah, Aiden's not here. Uh, he's spending time with his wife. Oh, what a Gross. lovely husband. Uh, but instead, we have the one, the only Daniel, Dan the Man, Manuel 96, the legend himself. Uh, here to to discuss some eighty carry items and and go through the show with us. How's it going, Dan? Uh, pretty good. Thanks for having me. Good. Um, so I, so we'll I get... do have a question before Ooh, we okay. jump in, really into it. So Nick pronounced it Dan Man ninety six. In my head, it's always been that it's just Dan Man ninety six times in a row. Is that <laughs> is that not the correct Dan pronunciation? Man, Dan Man, Dan Man, Dan Man. <laughs> it's 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 really up for interpretation. Oh, that's like artistic. another way. Like that's another way to understand it. Like. I understand like how you can interpret it that way, you know? Gotcha. Uh, That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it's it mentally yeah. it's exhausting, especially if we play like flex and I have to say Dan Man ninety six times. But mm-hmm. yeah, some people yeah. interpret it as like sixty nine backwards. Yep. That that interpretation oh, is fine too. You know? Some people think that you're twenty four? Uh-huh. Uh, close twenty. If he was twenty seven, twenty six. Okay, <laughs> twenty seven <laughs> soon, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um. Cool. So we've got probably no news this week, no leakouts or new news. So instead, we're gonna have a very uh in depth discussion about the eighty carry items that happened. We'll hear from NordVPN. Probably jump all the way into uh maybe a little bit of MSI. I guess it happened. We can we can talk about it. Um. And then roundtable and get to as many emails as we can. Um, we ha- we have some more emails this week. We've, we're not going to get to them all, but such is life. Um, so first up, Colton, how was your week? Um, yeah, my week pretty good. I've uh, been pretty successful in TFT. Um, I think I'm up to D two or no, I was one game out of D two, and I took a fat eighth playing when I shouldn't. Um, but it's fine. And then I played I played some actual League of Legends this week. I played three games of mm. solo queue uh, to play 80 carries with the new items. And I went two for three. So pretty happy with it. The game that I lost, I don't really remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had an absolutely like piss useless mid and jungle. And our top lane, Orn, was complaining because he like won his lane by going up like 20 CS against a Gragas. But hey, it turns out it doesn't matter if you just play Orn and go up 10 CS. You don't actually influence the game at all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yikes. Um, but yeah, uh, it was it was fun. I, uh, I won more than I lost, which surprised me being that I hadn't, you know, really been playing at all in prior weeks. But turns out 80 carry, easy roll, requires least hands. Even an old man who's rusty can can succeed in that role. <laughs> can climb in that child's role. Yeah, easy. Interesting. Cool. Um, so that's about it for my week. Do we want to hand it over to you and then go to Dan? Um, yeah, that sounds fine. My week is okay. I'm still just playing on my uh, mid-challenge account. 
level I think 22 right now boy howdy does it slow down tremendously um trying my best to to get it done in time but truthfully I don't know if I'm going to be able to get to 30 before the mid challenge starts so we'll we'll have to see um how that goes uh turns out you just get a lot of like a, a little xp and the queue times are very long so oh, I fine. think uh, I think the best play for me is to just spam ARAMs, unfortunately. What a rewarding and engaging system for new players to help them like your game that's already so complicated and the UI is so bad. <laughs> I almost wonder if it would be better if I were a newer player and then I would just get matched with other newer players or players mm -hmm. who like weren't super good at the game. But I think because I'm uh, obviously not a new player, um the system recognizes that and is matching me against other people and there's just not very many i guess have you so. considered purchasing nothing other than health potions every year mm, i have not actually i should drop my apm as well yeah um but yeah other than that um i think that's basically it so dan tell us about every week that you've had up to this one <laughs> oh, that's a lot of weeks um, <laughs> that's a lot of weeks so you're dan daniel do you prefer dan mm -hmm. Dan, I mean, yeah, most people call me Dan. I mean, Daniel's yeah. fine, though. He just fine. <laughs> um, so you play AD Carry. Mm -hmm. Have you always played AD Carry? We'll do a little interview before we get into it. See what your credentials are. Yeah, sure. I'll just like, I can just do like a brief sure. background, I guess. So I played League since like the end of season one. I Ooh. was like, I got like pretty hooked right away. I didn't actually play AD Carry at the start. I played mm -hmm. Ken and Mid like almost exclusively. Hell I like, yeah. really liked the champ. It was like, that was, um, well, at first I was like kind of all over the place. Like I didn't play Cannon Mid right away, but that was like my first main, right? So like I was like mm. legitimately, I don't know if you guys remember this or if you guys like played that long ago, but like in the old rank system, if you were low enough rating points, they could literally take away your bronze rank back to unranked. So that was how low you <laughs> was. So I did I was not like, know that. I, I didn't yeah, play yeah. ranked I, then. I remember that existing, but thankfully I was... I was at least a solid bronze player in my first season of ranked. Yeah, I had so I had I had a really hard time starting out. I I was I legitimately got bronze and then I demoted to like I think 800 elo and they put me back to unranked. So it was pretty <laughs> brutal. <laughs> Is um, it maybe you should have another shot at this? One. Yeah, yeah like maybe you don't actually deserve this. They, they say, <laughs> you know what? You're not even worth measuring. Get out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, but then was... something changed because you're no longer unranked. And no, no. no longer a Ken and Mid main. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I played so I played a lot of Ken and Mid and then uh I got to I got to gold. And then I had a friend who was playing a lot of I think Tristana at the time. And I, I was like super like he was just like hard carrying every game and I was like, Wow, this is so cool. So that's that's basically when they picked up AD Carry. That was like season three. And then it took a couple seasons. I think season four I got diamond and then season five I got masters. And then season, basically, I was like Masters High Diamond for a couple years. Hit GM in season nine. Then I hit GM like in and out. And then basically this season was uh, probably my proudest season because I got one win away from Challenger, which is like really close. Oh. So, I'm, like, so I was, that was the highest I've been. So this season, like uh, early on, I was like, I think the Challenger cutoff was like 700 LP and I was like 680. Oh, so that was sucks. Like, so yeah, it was like really close. It's like it sucks, but it's also like motivating at the same time. Yeah. Like if you've done like you can like okay, I know for sure I can do this, right? Like mm -hmm. I just gotta do that final push. 
Oh, so, yeah. So where are you at right now? So right now I am on the, cusp of, on the cusp of Master and GM. So I was actually GM yesterday. <laughs> I Ooh. was doing some <laughs> testing. I was doing some testing in Ranked, Uh-oh. right? Because it's a new season. <laughs> and then I happened to demote like barely, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll get it back, you know, but um, yeah. So I'm like, I'm like 580 LP, I think. And GM is 600. Uh, okay. So yeah, one game yeah. away again. Yeah, exactly. So like, I'm sure I'm sure Challenger cutoff is like 1k LP now, though. Yeah, it's like 900 something, I think. Oof. But pretty much, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's the gist of it. Like, I mean, I mean, I played like most AD carries. My favorite AD carries are like recently, is like within the last year, have been a lot of Draven. Mm-hmm. I like Kaiso a lot. I just really like playing really aggressively and just pushing my limits. Right, like that's why I play the role. And like, if you get one oh, yeah. shot, like that's. That's because I'm bad. Like that's my mindset, you know. <laughs> Gotta play better. So, yeah. Yeah, just since, play better. Get good. Since picking up like AD carry, I think you said around like season five or so, um, or maybe it was a little earlier. Mm-hmm. Have you had like significant dips into other roles? Because I'm I'm definitely a player who it's like if you if you look throughout my ranked history, it's like oh this year he was a mid main, this year he was a jungle main, this year he he mained misfortune. Like it's it's rarely the same outside of like a couple characters or like normally in the top five. Have you like, did you have a year where you're like, man, I really want to play mid or I really want to jungle or has it kind of been like 80 carry ever since that, that actually reminds me of like, so there was a year in college. So I played for the UCI esports team for a bit mm-hmm. and, and what, had another what, 80 what carry. university is that? Uh, Irvine. So California. Irvine. Oh, I see California. Irvine. Yeah. Yeah. So, for about a bit, we had another AD carry who was also really good. And they're like, okay, let's try. They wanted to try me on top lane for a bit. So I actually played some top lane. And I, I actually did enjoy it for the time I was playing it. I was like high diamond master at the time. And oh, I played interesting. Like, and I, it was, it was, it worked pretty naturally because I played Kennen in the past. So I played Kennen top. Oh, and nice. Like Nar, <laughs> Nar Rumble. So I was like a Yordle main. That was Hell yeah. pretty fun. A Yordle main. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, cool yeah so some top and then of course like mid i i usually secondary because that's what i first played right and it's just like more natural like backline carry role mm-hmm. to transition to you and, and it's the most likely to get you your primary yeah exactly that's a big part that's <laughs> yeah big part for sure if you if you put jungle secondary you're gonna play jungle four out of five games true facts <laughs> so wild. how do you feel about um ad carry i guess pre-item rework we have a lot of discussion on this in the Discord, yeah. um, but curious to to hear a, a high level opinion. on I think okay, so I think it's a lot a lot more nuanced than people take it. Like I think people should be much more detailed in the arguments. I don't think it's like so black and white. Is what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say, right? So like, AD carry, yes, it's like really strong and has little counterplay when you have like Aphelios 1.5k shield, Lulu yeah. sitting on them, everyone peeling with their you know, Gragas, Cassante comp or whatever in competitive, but in solo key, right, it can be hard to have agency some games where you have, like, your Shaco support and, like, your Evelyn jungle, mm-hmm. everyone playing away from you, and you make one mistake in lane, and then you just don't have any utilities, right, so you just don't get to play. So it's, like, very... It really, really depends, like, if your team... I think overall, it's good if you play really well, but it's the worst role if you make mistakes, like if you're not hundred percent focused, you know, like that's, that's yeah. my opinion. On it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of people only remember AD carry. Uh, I'm sort of an AD carry apologist as a support main. Um, but 
but only really remember AD carry at the the highs of it and not realizing that for every AD carry and bot lane that goes 20-0 and you know 2v8s the game the other side of that is the bot lane that gets stomped and has no agency because they got camped or or um just a bad matchup or whatever yeah uh, or, so or which I, I think is a really important like thing to remember sorry Colton. Mm-hmm. yeah no or, or just like the 80 carry again who like you know dan pointed out really well where it's like sure if you, if you have those tools you have so much power right like you've got the lulu behind you and you've got you know the the supportive frontline cc team and it's like great you know you feel like a god but then you get the game where it's like, oh, cool. I have a luck support that's taking the kills and the minions. And then they leave lane and my jungler just watches me get dove while he's taking Krugs. And it's like, I don't get to play the game. Because that, that that to me was like the most frustrating thing about playing 80 carries. I felt like I had the least agency out of any role. Because there were some games where like by five minutes in, and I, and I would say it like in Clash or in competitive where it's like, all right, cool, guys, I don't get to play this game. It's fine. Like, we can win. I just am not playing the game. Like, this is a mid game. This is a jungle game. This is a top game. Like, I'm going to sit here. Like, you know, the CS is going to increase by like three or four per wave. And like, I'll show up in fights and have two less items. But that's like the only route from here. Mm-hmm. And it, it sucks. But you also get those really high highs. Where you're like, oh, cool. I've got four and a half items. Everyone else has two it's funny that your assassin jumped on me and I just auto queue auto them and they're dead. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely a role that like, if you are weak siding bot lane, you know, when you're, when your primary purpose is to just pump out as much damage as you can, considering that, you know, um, utility 80 carriers are a little not in the meta right now. Um, yeah. It can be a little frustrating to, to be behind the curve. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think it's a really huge difference and I, I think this is where a lot of like really disingenuine arguments come from is that people will like take the stance of like, yeah, but look at how like competitive is and like yeah. look at how it's it's structured there and what they're doing. And it's like, sure, but like that's not affecting your game. You're not playing any carry at that level. Yeah, you, you're not being isn't. fed nine turret plates. <laughs> yeah, like your your mid laner is not playing Cassante for you, so you can mm-hmm. do that. Like none of this is happening in solo queue, and, and sure, it's a problem at the high level of the game, but like don't don't come to the table pretending like that impacts you every single game, right? Because like people want to make the argument, I feel like all the time, where it's like, oh, eighty carries just take over the game, and they do too much damage, and there's no counterplay. It's like, fuck that. If I play ten solo queue games. I know at least six of them, either the mid laner, the top laner, or the jungler on the enemy team is going to get giga fed, and I'm not going to have a say in that game. Mm-hmm. Like the the nine o Rengar at, at eleven minutes shows up bot lane. <laughs> yeah, I've got agency. Sure. That being said, we can uh, we can all agree that the previous eighty carry items were a bit overtuned, bit uh, a bit op. In in hindsight, I think um, I have the opinion that Kraken may have been one of the best items ever released for league ever. Um, just going off the stat line, it was absolutely disgusting and I can't believe it uh, was allowed to exist uh, in the same game as some other, some other items. Mm. Um, yep. So yeah, let's, let's talk about it. Um, we received huge changes to the AD carry role as a whole uh, changes to specifically Kraken storm Razor, static shiv is back. Rapid Fire Cannon, uh, Phantom Dancer, um, Runon's Kraken, uh, 
where to head Kraken, I guess. Um, I mean, any anything let, that builds out of a BF sword, a noon quiver, or a zeal. Yeah, basically <laughs> every eighty carry change. item. I guess I can just say it like that. Yeah, um, um, and, and so some of the like high level big big changes, you know, they moved around some stats, um, but the big thing is that th- this this flip of mythics and legendaries where. Um, you know, the, the crit modifiers that we had before in like, you know, Navori IE are now our, our mythics. And now a lot of the prior mythics have become just regular legendaries with the exception of Gale Force. Mm-hmm. Gale Force will remain a, a mythic. They did change it a tiny bit. Um, I don't think it's too much to note unless you're a general illusion player, I guess. Um, but yeah, so I, I guess going into this, I thought these items were going to be super busted. Do you, do you guys have differing opinions? I know there was a lot of discussion on on this before the items even hit live as well. I think it, my my take on like that that the patch as a whole for eighty carry items at least is I think damage has gone up, which. And then, like, survivability has gone, obviously, down with, like, the nerfs, nerfs to shield bow and, and BT. Mm-hmm. And I'm all for it because I I want AD carries to be glass cannons. Like, that's the role they should inhabit. And I, I think that it did a good job to push it in that direction. I, I haven't run the numbers. Maybe their damage is down a little bit. But that, that, that was my take. Is it felt like, okay, damage is going to go up a little bit. Your build pathways seem a little nicer, but you're gonna be way easier to kill. Yeah, I actually, I actually agree with that like entirely. Like, I'm not sure about the actual strength. You could argue that maybe AD carries are nerfed this patch because there's more counterplay to them when they're fed, right? Because there's less shielding in general. Mm-hmm. And because um, assassins are stronger. Yeah, and assassins are stronger, right? Yeah, you like a... OP. <laughs> yeah. Um, but overall, I think the direction is more fun, which honestly, like, that's all I care about. I don't think AD carry, even if it is nerfed, it's not nerfed enough to the point where you literally can't impact your games. Like, yeah, we're, we're not going know. back to the, um, you know, just press R uh, as Syndra meta, right? Mm, or like Swain Heimerdinger every game, yeah. like whatever season <laughs> that was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, so yeah, I guess we can... Are there any items that you specifically want to talk about, Dan? Is there anything that's uh, that's that's really caught your eye while playing, or or anything like that? Um, one item I was thinking about talking about was IE because I feel like mm. there's a lot of misconceptions about this item. I think we've talked about it a little bit on the Discord, but essentially, what I want to talk about is the fact that with the new IE you can rush it first, but I think that's a big bait overall, and. The reason I think that is because IE gets so much more value when you have many big crits in a row. And by that, I mean it's high attack speed, high AD, and high crit chance. Otherwise, you're not going to get much value from IE. So like that's how I view mm-hmm. it. So like getting it first, unlike basically any champion, you're not going to get the same value that you would get, for example, yeah. another item like Stormraiser being the, the clear example right now because it's kind of OP, or mm-hmm. like Static Shiv or any of the other ones, right? So like... Do you- Go ahead. Do you see right now, would, would you say that then IE is typically your second item, or, or is it back to the world where you think IE is like the third item choice? Because I think that that's really kind of, since they first changed IE from like how it was way earlier, it's always been like IE is going to be like your 
third item or second item? You know, wh where do you think it sits right now? I think if you build it, usually you want to go second because um, this is kind of like a min-max thing. Like, But uh, IE kind of has five more AD than last patch because you get the five AD mythic mm -hmm. passive, right? If you get a second. Yeah. So it's like, if, so if you compare, for example, Jinx, who went um, Kraken Hurricane, if you went like crack, if you went crack and IE last patch, you'd get 70 AD versus this patch, you get 75. So comparing the 75 versus the zeal item, right? So it's like, and AD yeah, carries a lot about like, extra gold stats. it's a lot about optimizing like their stats for damage, right? So like IE seconds is going to be good. Um, also, I do want to talk about why IE used to be good, like first item, or like where this belief came from, right? That, you, that like getting it as soon as possible is, is, is strong. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because um, something. So this something is ages ago, forget. right? Like season, yeah, ages ago. So like, like so like one, season, probably. early seasons. People yeah. remember the days where you'd rush IE. Back then, it had twenty five percent crit chance. That's a big. That's a big part. Mm -hmm. And another big part is that um, I crits in general used to do two fifty percent damage with with IE. So mm -hmm. yeah, it went from two hundred to two fifty as opposed to now. You know that that's it's not mm -hmm. that same calculation. They they reduce when it, when they did the whole change to give a bunch of items twenty percent crit. They reduce crits in general, like base crits without IE, to one seventy five percent because they used to be two hundred percent, right? Like double. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now be... when you get IE, yeah, right. I was just gonna say yeah. right now it's uh, two ten percent with IE, right? As opposed mm -hmm. to two fifty. So before, like, you had more crits, and if you got a random crit, you would just chunk them to like. A quarter of their health early game, mm -hmm. but that's mm -hmm. not the case anymore, right? And the game yeah. was a lot slower too, where you were, you know, able to auto attack a little bit more versus now, where you you probably only get a handful of auto attacks off in a, a skirmish at any time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you also had easier access to cheap crit to multiply that. Where, like, I think you know those old cloaks gave eighteen percent for mm -hmm. six eight hundred gold. Um, or you could get like the 800 gold, uh, like avarice blade for like an additional 12% crit. Maybe, maybe it was 8%, but like you, you had access to, to cheaper sources of crit that also built into really good items as well as like very niche considerations with like guaranteed crits, um, whether it be from champion abilities or like old sword of the divine, where it's like, if I have sword of the divine and IE, it's, it's three crits for 250%. Mm. Right, that's the equivalent to six and a half, no, to seven and a half regular auto attacks. It's huge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I also think that not only those do those early um, seasons warp the perception of IE strength, like to have right away, like right the perfection passive, but also the fact that um that we had this whole meta where you couldn't get IE until third item, right? So mm -hmm. when people get IE their third item they think of like how much power I had when they bought it third item. So they're like, oh my God, this is such a huge spike. But then they made it so you can buy it at two items. But buying it but at yeah, two items is not the same power as getting it at three items because you're missing so many stats, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because all, all the AD carry stats, and I, I don't need to explain this to you. You know it better than I do. But like all of that works like multiplicatively together where you know it's not just that AD is good. It's that AD is good and attack speed is good and AD and attack speed at the same time is way better. And then you add crit and then you add lifesteal and then like all of those things scale onto each other. And that's where you get those AD carries that do infinite damage. Yeah. 
exactly so it just it just scales the passive scales really well as the game goes on essentially mm-hmm. it's it, you yeah. don't it's not good on its own yeah right because yeah like again if you if you have 100 ad and you crit for 175 uh, that, that's probably not right but like if you're only doing that once you know per second you know when you double your attack speed you're getting way more damage and then your ad goes up and you get way more like it it you know the value of that ie goes up every time you get an additional item not only from mythic passive now but like just because of how that all scales together so i'm definitely with you i think ie rush is not the call um for 99 percent of people i think the only one who maybe could do it is like trindamir because he gets free crit but i think probably um... not still I think we've currently been seeing a, like a little bit of Draven going first item IE just because he he already has an attack speed steroid and he scales so hard with just raw attack damage. Mm. Um but I yeah, I'm I'm not sure if there's any other character that wants yeah. to go at first. I think the characters so I'm going to disagree with you on that because I think Ooh. the characters that um <laughs> that uh like that think how do I phrase this? the characters that you'd think IE are good on have like issues in their kit that prevent it from being as good. So in the Draven example, mm-hmm. you think that you would think that IE would be good on him, right? Because he gets like really big hits with the spinning axe, but the, the crits don't actually scale his um his spinning axe damage. Like what what scales his spinning axe damage is AD and armor pen, which is why, as we can talk about, like Yomu's is really broken on him in my opinion. Gotcha. Okay. Because like it also helps his abilities and other champions, right? For example, um, Yasuo. It's a common idea to to think of IE first, but the reason is not just because you're missing attack speed for his Q cooldown, but because Yasuo's crits are actually reduced, like reduced damage mm-hmm. by I think ten percent. So that also reduces the effect of the passive. Same with Jin. Jin also gets reduced crit damage, and his attack speed's low. So IE first isn't as good as you'd think, even though he's critting every fourth auto. You know. Interesting. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. Do we want to then move into? I guess right. So. As we kind of said, IE is now one of the new mythics. Um, there's four AD carry mythics now. We've got IE, Gale Force, um, we've got Navori Quick Blades, then we've got the new Rage Blade. Um, I think maybe Gale Force would be a good place to move next because it, it's the same item. You know, stats have been shuffled around, and I think that this is one. Um, you know, I, I was reading on Reddit today that Dopa thinks that this item is super, super good. Um, and I know when we were talking about it on the show, I think the general sentiment was like, who is this item for now? Because, you know, the, the stats aren't crazy and you have to then deny yourself, you know, the IE or the, you know, the Navori or whatever. How, how do you feel about current iteration Gale Forest, Dan? Yeah, so I think it's an interesting item. If you're, so I think if you're playing the game, right? So like, what I mean by that is like, Gale Force has good utility and assassination potential, right? So if, it's not going to seem good if you're just using Gale Force against like practice dummies to see what does the most damage. But like, if you're playing Jin and you have Gale Force and you go like Collector, and you one shot their eighty carry, it doesn't matter if your damage is less if their eighty mm-hmm. carry is damage is zero. Right, because they're gone. So it's mm-hmm. like, what's interesting about this item compared to old Gale Force is that it deals physical damage on the active, and it scales with crit chance now. So it literally scales up to like 
800, 900 damage. Yeah, it does a crazy amount of damage compared to prior Gale Force. So right now, I think they're nerfing Gale Force, but right now on this patch at least, you can, with RFC, you can basically, with let's say you have two bullets left on Jin, you can auto them. You can auto them with an RFC auto into like Gale Force Q4 shot, and that'll kill them from full health, from full health reliably. And you'll run yeah, out with your you, movement. You speed. probably don't even need your Q. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's 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 really crazy. So it's like, like yes, it maybe does less DPS, but there are situations where you can just assassinate, right? Or like, yeah. assassinate, oh, like really absolutely. good for squishy drops. Like, yeah, you know? and so like the active has a ton of value as well as like seven percent movement speed. I think is crazy valuable and something mm-hmm. that a lot of people like discount immediately when they go into like gold calculation like oh well ad or ie has 70 attack damage but gale force is only 55 and it's like yeah because seven percent move speed's actually insanely good and it's one of those yeah if you're just afk autoing a practice dummy you're not gonna see any value from that but when it comes to actual gameplay and what what the real thing happens like it, it is insanely valuable. You know, I think it, it's something we see in so many conversations where people are like, oh, well, X item is broken or X summoner still is broken, is, is broken because like in a very narrow view of the game, it's really good in this situation. It's like, yeah, but that's that's not what happens 99% of the time. And like that extra maneuverability gives you so much more damage because you can be in the right place to deal damage. Mm-hmm. I think um a lot of our perspective on the item was skewed by the fact that Jinx was the AD carry meta as well um, and mm-hmm. not going IE on, on Jinx uh, prior to this at least felt it like impossible, you know, like you, you could never, I don't know, not go IE um, just based on the, the damage that it deals. So I think like that kind of contributed to us seeing the item a little bit um, weaker than, than it turned out to be because who, who could have seen Jin coming back and being the best character uh, in in the role from oh, yeah. you know the gale force energized changes yeah it's funny because last patch people memed Jin's tier as being Jin tier like below everyone mm-hmm. and now he's Jin tier is and like Jin tier means like a completely different thing he's like the yeah it's really tier, funny you know? mm-hmm. yeah, he, yeah. Just, he he went so far to the bottom that he just looped back <laughs> around at the top yeah yeah <laughs> exactly crazy yeah. All right. Um, so on to the the other mythics then, I guess. If we don't have a whole lot more to say about Gale Force, I I am really excited to try it on a couple characters as like an early spike, like two item assassination. So I think like RFC into Gale Force or probably you know Stormraiser into Gale Force seems fun to try on like characters that I'm trying to snowball early with. I, I don't know if it's going to be best, but. It, I haven't tried it at all. It just seems interesting, but yeah. So it's it basically can turn AD carries into a ranged assassin, which sometimes is better for the game, right? Like if they're all squishy, and you have a lot of assassination targets, you can go this on like um, Lucian with Nami, for example. I actually yeah. faced one in Soul Queue last night. It was like I was playing Kogba. Like, sure, I have way more damage with the new Rage Play, but it doesn't matter if I die in one second, right? Mm-hmm. He just dashes on with the mandate, instantly pops you with his collector. Same thing you can argue Gale first on Aphelios, same thing with Jin. It's basically like, if, if you feel like you have assassination potential with your champ and versus the team comp, then you want to go for it. Like, it's okay that the item's not, you know, cookie cutter every game, right? It's fine to have, yeah, like, definitely. niche items. Yeah, which is good. It's good for the game. Yeah. Speaking of niche items, I think Rageblade has been a niche item for as long as it's existed. Um, 
I think it, it kind of still is, but I think it's way more universal now. And at least that like the hybrid on hit nature of it is, is back. They, they gave it a mythic passive um, that gives you bonus uh, armor and magic pen. Mm-hmm. Um, the item gives now AD AP and attack speed, a stacking attack speed passive. I don't. Does it still give the like get a double on hit every third auto? Yeah, it still gives the uh, the, okay, the phantom. Mm-hmm, um, phantom hit. Yeah, so I mean, it's. It, it, I think it's just strictly much better now, um, and again, opens up a lot of characters who like want to build that kind of hybrid AP on hit AD style. Um, I don't know. What do you guys thought? I, I've I've played one game with it on Cogmon. It felt very good. <laughs> So I think um I think it's really good if you have the items to to scale with it like um it's it feels very similar to IE for me um as someone who's been just spamming action uh on on my low level account um where the the item is like it's it's a good item it has a very very strong mythic passive I think you wind up with like twenty or thirty percent armor pin and magic pen maybe a little bit more magic pen than armor pen i don't think it scales like exactly the same um but it it seems a little underwhelming unless you're you know a, a champion who can use it pretty exceptionally in your base kit um but uh i i think it's a little more underwhelming than people thought it was going to be um but definitely a, a very like powerful mythic option yeah i think I agree with what you're you're saying on like um so a lot of the value it gets is like from that phantom hit mm-hmm. with everything else. So like if you're playing Cogma or Varus, I guess a lot of damage from their their W's or Kaisa from her passive, then I think it's fine to go first. But there are some champs that that like the item, but their their base kit just isn't like like up to par, right? Compared to like other champs. So like Twitch, Akshan are examples of champs I think that can use this, but they don't use it like super well, right? And also, I think um, the mythic passive is nice. Like, is really nice for like just your build late game. Like, you can just forego an LDR, and it can be problematic if you're playing Kogma because you have like your shred on your Q plus his mythic passive. You don't need an LDR; you just buy a, a tank item, right? Yeah, that that's something I've talked about on the show. I think Kogma Q like resist shred is actually like pretty underrated. I think it's like thirty two percent at max rank. Um, mm-hmm definitely an underrated aspect of of his kit um but i i you know you can forego the ldr or if you have the option to to go it you can go both and you know it 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 does it's not unique so you wind up with uh i don't think it's additive i think it's multiplicative so a little bit less than um than you would think uh, but with the giant slayer passive being added to ldr increasing just all damage versus higher health targets um, you know, it's it's a really strong option with um, to to be combined with Rage Blade. But yeah, it almost feels like on I, I guess a, a yeah a, a, on an an eighty carry that wants to go Ginsos um, Ginsus, but doesn't have the on hit like aspect of their kit um, a, as like Kogma or you know like you were saying Varus do. Mm-hmm you probably want to go at least one other item prior to to purchasing it. I've been seeing a lot of Kraken into it. Um and I anticipate that we'll continue seeing that as it seems to be the only like 
I don't know, decent crit on hit item um, that you can go first. Yeah, or um, uh, or Bork. I think Bork's good too. Like with I, I think Bork's really good. Bork's really good, but you do lose out a little bit on the um, the crit scaling that right, Rageblade right. has. And the build path got a little bit worse because um, you can't build double dagger into recurve bow. It's a single dagger now. So I got added onto the combined cost, which feels just a, a little bit worse when you know the the you have to spend uh, money on a, a vamp scepter and a recurve bow that only has one dagger, um, and then a pickaxe, and then you have to wait for eight twenty five to to combine it. But the item's still good as a as a Bork apologist. The item's still very strong. Yeah. So <laughs> the yeah the interesting thing about Rageblade, I think, is that. It scales with crit, but it also has the the phantom hit. Also scales your on hits. So like the best mm -hmm. items with it are going to be the items that have both, which aren't very many. I think it's just hurricane and kraken. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and I I do want to highlight that it it has a stacking system now, where I think you get four stacks up to like thirty two percent extra attack speed when you're fully stacked. Um, so it's mm -hmm. it is a very yeah. very powerful item. Definitely, definitely a strong mm -hmm. item. Yeah, so that that twenty five percent attack speed that it comes with default can be fifty seven mm -hmm. if you get those, you know, four hits. Which again, depending on you know the fight that you're at, maybe you just got to stack those for free on like dragon or against a minion wave, and then it's yeah, it's a not lot only versus champions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's 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 pretty good. Um, let's move into the last mythic, Navori Quickblades. I, I think this is definitely the AD carry mythic that I've seen the least amount of thus far, but I feel like it's one of the, like one of the strongest, um, because now you don't have to wait for your second item, your second crit item to come in for the cooldown reduction to start going into effect. You just get it right away. Mm -hmm. Uh, see, I, yeah. So the problem is that you don't get the attack speed and it's really expensive for the first mm -hmm. item. Um, I do think it's better than like the an IE first item, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I do think the problem is like usually you want to go at second because there all there is that that crit scaling on it, on top of the fact that it's expensive. Mm -hmm. And I also think the meta kind of has to like play for it. So right now we see a lot of assassins in one shot with like Yomus and Gale Force, right? And I feel yeah. like Navori. Um, the way I look at the item is that this is kind of like a sustained a sustained DPS item, right? So you get really rewarded if the fights go on really long and you're a caster. So like, imagine mm -hmm. like Zaya just like earth mode for 10 seconds straight, just like throwing out multiple rotations of spells, right? And shredding everyone. But if the fight ends instantly, you're not going to get much value off of getting the ability hits on every mm -hmm. auto. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you can, if you can eat twice in a fight as Zaya, great. You, it's crazy good. If you, you know, die before you get your second E off, what's the point? <laughs> Mm -hmm. exactly um yeah i again i haven't played this one yet i think it, it's really interesting so i think this patch in particular is like the first time we've really seen like as a class 80 carries for the most part are better off building a a mythic item and then or sorry legendary item and then mm -hmm. their mythic I, you know, there are definitely individual characters that have like they need to build X legendary first and then they buy their mythic. But, you know, 90% of characters, I would say, are in the habit of always first item is mythic. And I, I do like this 
direction for the game. I'd be interested if they work other items to be this way, because I think the mythics are very like role centric, defined what they do. And like, right, you're going to buy one every game. Let me start with a legendary that I have a little bit more choice on of this is what I want to do this game. This is the role I want to fit. This is, you know, the strength I want to accentuate on my character. Then I move into my mythic, which is like, I need to get one of these every game. It's probably just a solved question for my character anyway. Um, And, and, you know, and and then you can go back into like traditional builds because I feel like the only other people or only other characters that generally get a legendary before their mythic are like Blade of the Rune King users. Mm -hmm. It's definitely um, not super common. And I do like this. I think it's a really good uh, strategy to implement for the AD carry role. It kind of pushes back their spike a little bit. Um, Whereas like previously you get Kraken and then you sort of are already online combined with with Berserker Greaves. so, you know, delaying that by, you know, an item, an item and a half is, uh, I, I think, a, a good change for the role as a whole. Um, so I guess we can just briefly touch on anything else that, that we want to do. Um, anyone, anything else we want to talk about? Do we want to talk about, like, sort of which um, classes of AD carry we think are, are going to be strong and, and what the, the cookie cutter builds are? Yeah, we can do that. I think really quick, like high level, I, I we I think said what the changes were last show, so we're not going to go super detailed, but I think like big picture things to remember is that one, Static Shiv is back um, and that they've kind of reworked all of the Energize items like Storm Razor and RFC, which I think both of those do more damage now, or at least maybe they're more efficient and that's why they're so common. Uh, and then BT I, lost its overshield. I think they're a little bit more common right now just because they're kind of fun, at least for RFC. I don't know if RFC is super, super good, um, but Stormraiser is just a really, really powerful mix of stats, and um, the passive effect is is just good on every character who can build it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also think... Um, yeah, so RFC... A lot of these items got more expensive, but they also got some AD to make up for it. Mm-hmm. So it kind of like delays your spike, but also makes you stronger at the same time, right? Like once you get it. So like for example, RFC. If we think about like the the sinner build that everyone makes fun of, made fun of in the past, which is like Gale yeah. Force RFC, no damage, Kek W. Like now it's like you won't have like an AD carry that finishes twenty five hundred RFC at like ten minutes in the game because he's super fed, but at least if he gets the R- he wants to go the RFC second, he has some AD, right? And he's not just like, he's not just a pea shooter, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just been in the context of like um, RFC versus, I think both Shiv and Stormraiser are better than um, RFC currently. Maybe not yeah. on, maybe not on Jin, but. Yeah, overall. Um, well, well, Shiv right now, I, I think it's like a little bit undertuned because the 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 damage on the proc is just really really low in my opinion mm-hmm. but i think yeah, i they're think it so it might be different by the time it's it's weird because i think it's really really powerful on characters that already have pretty good wave clear um i really like it on action but it means that i can auto a wave once proc it throw a boomerang the back wave is gone and by the time i've autoed you know the the 
the front the melee minions two more times like the the wave is gone and i can do other things um without losing too much damage but i i do think like on characters who you would imagine want shiv for the wave clear it is a little bit weak on um vein for instance i don't think is going first item shiv for the wave clear uh when she has access to to much better items yeah i think i think shiv is is good for like basically the two scenarios i think of is like akshan is a champ who wants to like roam so he sets Mm -hmm. up a longer roam timer if he can clear the wave instantly or champs that just don't really want to fight but having that extra wave clear makes it so you don't have to, right? So, like for example, on Sivir, if you yeah, I was, yeah, I was thinking Sivir as well. Mm-hmm. You just don't yeah. interact yeah. with your opponent, you know? Yeah, and I think that's a common misconception about Shiv, is that it's a tool for characters without wave clear to gain wave clear, where I think way more often it is just take a character who's already good at that, accentuate that strength, and make it so instead of it taking Sivir five seconds to clear the wave. Now it takes three seconds. Mm-hmm. And right. that two seconds speeds you up to do other things on the map, which mm-hmm. may just be farm more, you know? Yeah, or, or it may just be get me out of there, you know, two seconds earlier so the jungler can't gank me. Yeah, my, my, su- my support is roaming, so I'm just going <laughs> to, you know, that UW uh, shiv the wave and then it's gone. Mm-hmm. But it, I do think it is a little a little weak um, versus champions, at least. I think I think it's okay versus minions, but... Yeah, versus champions, the damage is, is pitiful. So what do you guys think about the fact that it has a 50% AP ratio and no AD ratio? Uh, so I I think it's intention. The intentions behind that are good, where um, you, you know, you're building a lot of AP with an on-hit build now um, versus before. And they, they don't want to, to, that to go to waste, but I, I think it's a little too high. I think 50% AP ratios, uh, I don't know if we're ever going to see it on characters who would be building like pure AP. Like, I, I don't think the the Vigar Shiv one shot build is actually like actually has any any footing. Um, but it is a, it is a little weird to have such a, a high AP scaling ratio on an item like that. Yeah, yeah. I you can go ahead, Dan. I was just going to say real quick, it just feels, as an AD carry, it just feels bad that it doesn't scale with damage at all. Like, I know yeah. you're not supposed to one-chop people, but, like, compared to, like, Storm Razor, which is, like, a 60% AD ratio, so, like, it's scaling mm-hmm. to, like, big procs. I know that item's supposed to burst, but, like, the fact that Jiv is, like, not really gaining any value, especially, like, you know, later in the game where you already have a lot of damage, right? So, you, like, you don't really need help wave clearing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, could, I, I feel like it could have a little bit more help there. But. Yeah, I think it's in a really weird spot where it's like if you give it a ratio, they just lower the base value, um, and that like because it doesn't have a ratio, they could just increase the base value. But having it actually scale based on a stat or like based on level would also be totally fine. So um, the damage versus minions does scale with level, um, okay. but the versus champions, it's the you know it's only the AP ratio. Gotcha. Yeah, that, that that seems a little odd. Um, uh, actually, it might have a, it might have a base scaling with level as well, but it's not very high. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think the only, you know, I I think that they want it to to be an item for on hit characters specifically. So it's like if you're not utilizing AP as a stat and and building the on hit build, 
Like it, it's intended to be weaker for you. Um, but I mean, I, I also think there's, yeah, I, I would have to play around with it, but like if, if there's no AD ratio, like give it a better base value or like higher scaling. Also the 50% AP scaling does seem weird because it makes people want to try stuff like that on hit Vigar build, which mm-hmm. it, it's cool, but I think stuff like that ends up drawing resources away from the balance team because I'm like, okay, do we have to nerf Vigar? Do we have to nerf the item? Do we have to change the scaling? Like, you know, I, I would rather not have them spending resources on fixing Shiv RFC Vigar and be able to like focus on more traditional stuff. Yeah, I almost feel like it should just have a crit scaling, um, or at least a a chance to to crit. You know, I think the old mm-hmm. version did, uh, and I I think it would be fine yeah, as long as the damage scaling, isn't too high. Or I think also an armor pen scaling would be fine. Um, not like it doesn't make any sense for Shiv to have an armor pen scaling. Yeah, like, it does magic damage on so. the surface. Yeah, but if armor pen increased the damage, right, like. On hit users are going to benefit because every legendary they get with their Ginsu's is going to make shift damage go up because they get plus 2%. Mm, fair enough. And then if you're an AD carry who's going traditional crit, who decides you want shiv in your build, it's like you're going to get a big spike when you buy your LDR. Mm-hmm. But that's really the only time your shift damage is going to go up, which again, I don't love that spike. But it's a weird one where that like completely mismatched stat would actually like benefit the on hit users quite well as they build in their items and then give the traditional crit user still something when they get their last whisper item. Mm-hmm. But cool. it, so, it makes no sense conceptually. It's like, oh, the magic damage on hit's going to scale based on your armor pen. Yeah. Um, awesome. Let's get into just a really quick overview of like where we think all of the classes of AD carries are. Um, what we think is like the strongest and, and sort of talk about that. So I see you have listed first is crit. So uh, how do you feel about crit, Dan? Um, yeah, so this list isn't, isn't like the order of strength, but like, so crit, I think is, if you go storm IE, it's like, it's like good early mid game power, but yeah. like they're nerfing storm. So I'm not sure. Like, I think they're going to be like kind of weak. I feel mm-hmm. like crit is one of the weaker ones. It's fine, but I think on hit lethality and like gale force builds are going to be better, at least for solo queue. Yeah, I think um, so too. I think crit's yeah. going to be too reliant on actually getting to items, which is a little slow for the the current meta. Um, and mm-hmm. sitting at Stormraiser IE doesn't feel nearly as threatening as, you know, Kraken um, Hurricane or Kraken IE, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Next up, you have on hit. Received probably yeah. the most changes. How do you feel about that? I think on hit feels with Cog Varus, I've I've really really liked it. It's just like so it's it's a lot more fun because you're not just like rushing shield bow and relying on that shield, and you're not playing like survival horror game. It's a mm. lot more about like actually positioning and going in at the right time, so you can just shred everyone, right? Yeah. Um, and you have more options, right? So you can go. Usually, you want to go. Rage Blade Hurricane, and then you can go like there's Shield Bow as an option if they have a lot of um, a lot of one shot. There's like Titanic if you just want a little bit of tankiness, but just some overall damage. You can go Wit's End, right? You can go Bork. There's just like mm-hmm. a lot of 
good options that just feel good. Like you, you, you don't, you're not like st like stuck into damage, but the power curve is just really smooth, and you get yeah, it feel feels really whole, good. Like, like getting to a completed item and then waiting for your next one, and it like it, it all scales really well together. It feels good to to finish an item. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. Yeah, and the whole uh, I don't know what the passive's called, but the passive where you ramp up the attack speed feels really nice too. It's like really fun for Rage Blade. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. I also think like. Wit's End is a pretty underrated item. I, I don't know how it, you know, it's it's been good for a while. Yeah, um, it sounds so good. But I, yeah, I feel like it's really, really good. It's a, it's a very powerful item. The only, I guess, caveat I would say for that, at least right now, with the strength of lethality, is that like Wit's End obviously is much stronger if the enemy yeah. team has a lot mm -hmm. of magic damage, and so like. It's going to be fantastic if you're dealing with like Zig's poke or, or something, but it's it's not going to be a, a super helpful item in the case that like Rengar's on your head. Not not that like any of the other on hit items are going to yeah. help with that, <laughs> um, but you know, it, Witsend definitely gets a lot stronger the more prevalent magic damage is, and I think like tanks are because it also gives you like that movement speed, which I think is really helpful against tanks. But again, cool plus 10 movement speed doesn't really matter against these assassins with gap closers that kill you in like under a second. Mm -hmm. And I'm a little biased because I've been playing mid lane and, you know, a lot of times I get, um, you know, double AP mid and jungle. So then it's, it's just an easy choice for me. Mm -hmm. um, also, if you're building a lot of these, I just a really quick caveat. Um, a lot of these items have a ton of magic damage attached to it. So I, I think Sork Shoes are a little more value um, on some champions than they used to be. Obviously, like yeah. the the attack speed from Zerker Boots is like feels really good. But for a champion like Action, who doesn't necessarily scale insanely well with attack speed, um, so I think short shoes are, are his best best boot option um, from his items and hmm. uh, passive damage. I think, that's, I think that's actually really smart, especially in cases where you're facing squishier comps and you value the burst more than the attack speed. Because yeah. I, when, I, I, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, I was going to say, like, I played a Kog'Maw game yesterday, and my I know that the magic damage is higher right now, but I didn't expect it to be this much higher. I did 71% magic damage to champs. Yeah, I saw I saw your um your picture in the Discord and I had a an action game similar to that. I did like it, it you know, low level normal games are not the best judge of um item strength or anything like that. But it is really fun to go like all the energized items plus rage blade, uh, and then and then you know, toss in a wits end somewhere. And be between that and action already having on hit damage um or or magic damage like in his passive proc that you're that you're procking often with this attack speed he's do he's doing like a good 40 percent you know magic damage um and again not a character that scales insanely well with attack speed boots like varus or kogma do um but that that 18 you know magic pen really adds up to uh over the course of a game yeah this you guys talking about this is making me realize that like I I want to play Corky now really bad with this. Ooh. Cause I think that he was already someone who like ideally loved going the energized, like early RFC. You know, right. I, I think that for him, you know, going the 
fucking item storm razor into like rfc or storm razor into navori rfc is going to be really really strong um or at, at least it, it seems like it will be and i, I definitely want to try that mm-hmm. yeah and it's, um, it's, it would spike faster too than like yeah the mana moon build or whatever he was going mm-hmm. yeah definitely cool um next up lethality so a little bit skewed because yomus is absolutely cracked on every character who can build yeah. it um oh and I, I guess quick editor's note when we looked at the patch notes last week um it did not include any base lethality in the item so that that was our um yeah our our judgment on that whereas it, it, it was just missing straight up like I think 18 lethality. I think 18 lethality. Yeah. Which is disgusting. It, it gives we're, you like It was, it was funny because we were still talking about like, it still seems kind of okay. Mm-hmm. 18 lethality less. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I've played it twice uh, on MF and I, I'm a lethality MF player and it feels good, but dear God, is it, is it too strong? Nerf that shit. I'm, I'm yeah, just like, happy you're not going eclipse. <laughs> so, I had an MF game as well, and I had Yomu's plus Collector. Right, so Yomu's on its own with the passive gives you like around thirty lethality. Cool. It, it, yeah. Because the shard, right? It procs when you get it for yeah. a full three seconds, which is usually all you need, honestly, if you have that much armor pen. Yeah, especially and if you're you, able to lead with like your ult. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then the Collector gives you eighteen. So just those two alone, you have like around forty-nine to fifty lethality. And I had an Orn on my team, so at level twelve, oh. I had. Like sixty lethality. It was like that's disgusting. Why is this? Why is this loud? Yeah, yeah, it was such insane damage. Um, Oh yeah, collector got six bonus lethality, mm -hmm. so it's it's a lot better than it used to be as well. Right. So it's like, you get extra value from that collector lethality if you have Yomu's right because you have you're dropping their Mm -hmm. armor even lower. So I do want to like give. I do want to say like a caveat like. It's going to depend a lot on the meta, which of these classes are the strongest, right? Because yeah. if Lethality ends up being really, really strong, on hit's not going to have enough time to ramp up, right, and deal damage, right? Mm-hmm. But if it's like a more front-to-back meta, yeah. if it's a more front-to-back meta, Enchanters are really strong, Tanks are really strong, then on hit's going to be really good. So it like, kind of depends on like just the game, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I am I am hoping that the AD carry changes um, make tank supports or engage supports a little more viable um by you know not every character not every 80 carry that you engage on has a shield bow uh so a, a bit easier to to kill in that regard mm-hmm. and uh can we transition to that to like talk about shield bow and bt real quick because absolutely sure because i think that these two items these two items are i actually really like these items because one is more one is riskier in the sense right with bt yeah. you're gonna get more damage and well, shield bow is like an item that you can build that's not i think it's really bad early on i'll, I'll explain why um but i think it's a really it's still a solid option like if you if you're facing like this rengar where you no matter how good you are you just can't survive right you just need that extra bit of shielding um and something i want to mention about these two items that isn't really as clear as i'd like it to be is that these items don't scale until at least level 12. yeah that's that's something that i saw on reddit that um is not indicated in the game at all mm-hmm. right so like so for example right with bt actually doesn't start scaling to level 13 so you can if you're really fed you can actually get punished for building this even third yeah right so the passive for bt right it gives 10 to 40 ad when you're above 50 percent health 
Mm -hmm. But if you buy it at level 12, it's still giving you only 10 AD. It's only yeah, it's, to yeah. level 13 where you get 15 and then mm -hmm. 5 more. So both, yeah, both of the items scale with levels, but not in a, in a linear fashion. Exactly. So levels 1 through 12, for example, if you get BT anytime during that, you're going to have it at the lowest value. So you're not going to be getting that 95 AD item or 80 AD item that you think you're getting unless you're mm -hmm. getting it really late. So that's just something to consider. Same with and shield I, bow. Yeah, shield bow, I think is the same until I think level 12 is when shield bow starts coming online. But um, I, I think shield bow is very, very weak. And I even think bloodthirst is probably too weak um, currently. But yeah, maybe I'm yeah. maybe I'm comparing it to like old BT, which was super disgusting. Yeah, it, it like has its place, like because like mm -hmm. you, you're still like if you got for example, I played a Draven game. If you have like eighty AD and you have eighteen percent life steal, you're healing yeah, you like heal four hundred hit, mm -hmm. right? Like it has its mm -hmm. place, but it's like it is more glass cannony, which again, like I like the direction. Yeah, but you just you just got to be careful, right? You can't yeah, just it's build definitely it every game. It's definitely healthier for the game than than shield though, or you know bt where both both mm -hmm. iterations were problematic previously yeah i also do like the idea of these being scale scaling in a way that makes them stronger in the late game um because i, I think it, it it gives like the assassin player their window more right so to say like mm -hmm. prior when you went let's say shield bow bt first two items and it's like cool maybe at 15 20 minutes like that assassin can no longer kill you. And that feels really bad as the assassin player. Whereas now it's like, okay, we're getting into late game where like the six item 80 carry should be kind of ridiculous. You know, maybe at that point it, it is a lot harder for them to be, you know, singled out. Um, and th that these like really strong items come online, not to say that like you're going to survive the ring guard because you have shield bow. Um, but that like, these are options that you can get later in the game to counter specific characters or again accentuate the playstyle you're you're going for as opposed to just like you have to get this every time first item because it's so good like i i would prefer it to be a you know reactive choice to say oh you know maybe it's my fifth item because i really do need that survivability this game mm -hmm. and i like that there's a cost to it too right because if you're getting shield bow instead of BT, right? Like late game, you have 45 less AD and 11% less lifesteal. So like, even if like you're an assassin and you struggle to kill AD carry, at least your AD carry who has the BT instead is doing more damage in like a front to back, right? So it's like, versus like you're playing Callista and you just have shield bow because that's your build. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, um, is, awesome. And then nice. we, we talked about the assassin um slash playmaker playstyle that you have listed but if you want to give like a a brief little rundown on its place in the meta that'll be i think that'll be good yeah so yeah so like we talked about before so like the champs i think about that go this playstyle would be like Jin, aphelio solution there could probably be other other ad carries but those are the top three that come to mind mm -hmm. and they're just like um they just play for like the plays on like their back line right so like Let's say Jin is the premier example. If you have Gale Force with Stormraiser RFC, you could play to one shot their AD carry. If you have Gale Force Collector on Aphelios, you can do a Gale Force play with your ulti and like kill them with like ten chakrams. Like you won't do like the same damage, but there are just some games that call for it. And like it's gonna be nice to have also when like the game is just full of squishies and yeah. the fights mm -hmm. are just really fast. So mm -hmm. It's just another option. Again, like it doesn't have to be the best build every game, 
but there's situations that that call for it. Cool. Um, I think that's. I know you have a lot of, of notes listed here that we didn't get to talk about, but uh, it's all good. In an effort to to get to some of the rest of the show, um, I think that's going to be where we call it. Um, so yeah, I guess do yeah. we want to? Thanks for the thanks for the rundown. Do we want to hear from Nord now? Where they take yeah. our funding away? <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's hear from Nord. If you don't know Nord, which you should by now, they've been a great sponsor of us for many months. They uh, provide the highest quality privacy protection encryption for your web traffic so that uh, companies can't you know track where you're coming from what you're doing what you're browsing trying to find your your ip address your physical location or it's gonna help prevent all of that um, they provide a really high quality service it's easy to use easy to sign up uh, you can set it up to go automatically or just one click and you can get servers all over the country all over the world if you want to watch a movie that's only on netflix and in i don't know peru you can do that real easy you can uh you can back up your files you can back up your passwords they got tons of great stuff all of that's available to our listeners for a huge discount plus 40 or sorry four four months free not 40 four <laughs> months free when you buy a two-year plan by using our link nordvpn.com forward slash leadcast again you're going to get four months free on a two-year plan um, by going to nordvpn.com forward slash leadcast. All of that is backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So for whatever reason, if you don't like it, if you decide to change things up, you can get your money back. No worries. But again, if you do want to get that awesome value in four months for free, go to nordvpn.com forward slash leadcast. You can do that. Thanks to Nord. So, sweet. Thank you, Nord. Um, let's talk about MSI. Did you guys watch MSI? I watched most of it. I'm still catching mm -hmm. up to VODs, but I do know like the results. Okay, so you're not you're not worried about spoilers. Yeah, I'm not worried about spoilers. Okay, good. Yeah. I haven't um, watched like any yet. <laughs> you haven't watched any? Okay, mute yourself for two minutes. Or don't. It doesn't matter. Um So uh yeah, we had uh I can't remember what matches happened this week and which didn't. So I guess we'll just talk about the um, from round two onward. We had in the winners uh, bracket, the upper bracket, um, we had T one three two in Genji. Uh, it looked pretty pretty good. It was a, it was a fun series to watch. Um, and then on the other side, we had JDG three owing Billy B Gaming. Um, and then in the losers, we had Billy B. Uh, Bill, I'm sorry, Billy Billy uh three one over g2 and uh genji three oh over cloud nine so then those teams played uh genji got three owed by um billy b gaming who went to the lower bracket finals in the upper bracket uh finals we had jdg versus t1 which might be some of the highest level league we've seen in a very long time uh this is a very very entertaining series to watch um, would recommend it. This is probably the best series of the tournament, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I agree. It but was really JDG, memorable. yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I think it was described as like every single player is probably like top three in their role, um, at, like in that, um, like in that that series at least. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I don't think it was the you know the I I don't know if it was the two best teams at the tournament. But it was definitely two of the top three. Um, 
And then we had uh, Billy B versus, uh, I'm sorry, fuck, I keep doing it. Billy Billy versus T1. Uh, Billy Billy took it 3-1. So we got a rematch of earlier this tournament and in uh, LPL finals, JDG versus Billy Billy. The script said 3-2 Billy Billy, but JDG had uh, other things to say. Um, I think it's pretty apparent that JDG is just the best team in the world right now probably um the best players at every single position like maybe top two at the very worst uh and they're playing super super well very fun to watch uh yeah knight and ruler uh kind of crush everyone yeah it was something if you like watch the fights with the, how jdg plays it's just like kind of crazy like how it's i know this sounds like really cliche but they're like really on the same page like instantly like for example like they had I remember the JDG T1, they played, Knight and Kanavi played Annie Wukong a lot. And yeah. all the champs aren't the most difficult mechanically, they would instantly, like, instantly go on engages, like, at the same time for, like, any any misstep that would happen for just a fraction of a second, they would make a pick. And then it, it was just, it was just really, really beautiful to watch. Yeah, it, it was almost like um they, like, weren't, like saying it to each other because like communicating that way would have taken too long for the play yeah. to happen. It was just like someone steps up and you know, they see that um, Knight had flash on Annie. So they both just instantly flash in and go for the play. Like it was, uh, it, it was just a very impressive um, dis- display of league. I, I do think like that's probably peak right now in the world. I think it's hard to, to disagree with that. Um, yeah, probably peak. But cool. Let's move into the roundtable. Uh, so last week's question, Dan, you can answer it after uh, after I read it. Um, what is the champion that you love the theme slash design of, but hate the gameplay? So you love the theme, but you hate the gameplay. Love the theme, but hate the gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, well, first that comes to mind, I don't hate the gameplay. But I'd say Jin is like okay. one, one with a big disparity because like yeah. the, I love the design that much, but the gameplay can be like a little bit slower than I'd like. It's like a lot of like just like wave clearing right with Q and then just pressing W sometimes. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely yeah. less flashy than um, you know Twitch Draven Callista. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, Makes sense. Uh, cool. So on Twitter. Um, Goose said, Rel, I love the champion and the idea of a pure CC support. Just the mechanics of the champion feel like a rusty cog with no grease in the gameplay. Uh, I want to play her more, but the clunkiness of the gameplay is big turnoff and mostly why her play, play rate is so low. Um, <laughs> Andrew said, can I please just say old asshole? Sure. Yeah. Um, over on Discord, Brandon said, Shivana, such a cool concept for a fighter that's capable of transforming into a fire-breathing dragon at a moment's notice. In practice, though, the human form is boring to play, and the dragon form just doesn't play like a fire-breathing dragon, but a puking dragon that runs fast and never flies. Uh, actual Yordle said, Zeri is really neat. I wish, uh, I just wish she played more like a like Neon from Valorant. There's a big skill gap when playing her, and I think the lightning effects are super dope, uh, but just hate uh, that all she does is click Q super fast. Like, man, I need an auto clip clicker to help me run and gun. And then lastly, Ryan said, Chogath, I want to get this out of the way. My first answer would actually be Shivana, but she's already been talked about. That's pretty funny. Um, 
I also think Cho'Gath can be fun to play and isn't unhealthy for the game, but it feels like they gave him a cool ult, then he just has three random basic abilities that while each individually strong, have very little synergy between them. His theme of being a world-eating force of nature, the embodiment of ravenous hunger, and a devouring alien force emerging from the void is so cool. His ult fulfills that fantasy pretty well. The rest of his kit just kind of feels arbitrary, if that makes sense. Also, his in-game model sucks. Even his design is uh, theoretically strong. Uh, Even if his design is theoretically strong. Uh, Shivana VGU Win note, uh, wrote this before listening to the episode, I think, where we talk about Shivana. Mm-hmm. This week's question is the opposite. What is the champion that you love the gameplay of, but you hate the theme slash design? Ooh, this one's this one's kind of a tough one. You hate the theme or design, but you love the the gameplay. I think I'm going to start with one that it's not so much that I hate it, um, but it's like it just doesn't mesh well. And I, I think Zillion is one that's like. Ooh. his gameplay does not really fit his theme other than like i threw a clock mm-hmm. <laughs> right it's like okay yeah sure he he rewinds time to get his cooldowns back but like getting your cooldowns back isn't a unique mechanic it, it's not like a time champion thing like so many other characters have that um you know the res is cool but like there are other revive characters as well and it's like when i think rewind time i don't think like bring someone back to life it's you know stop it from happening which obviously doesn't work in a game like league of legends Mm -hmm. but like i don't see what part of zillion's kit like really has anything to do with his theme other than enough we're gonna we're gonna like all of these abilities like have a time theme but you could just as easily like have the same character and he's like a fire mage right Mm -hmm. like he could just be Milio, and all of his stuff is fire skinned. I can see that. Yeah. Hmm. Dan, you have a you have an answer. Um, for me, it's probably Draven. Honestly, I feel like I feel like his personality just like isn't yeah. doesn't really mesh with mine. He's like really cocky and toxic, but he's just it's just so fun to run people down and one shot them so Mm -hmm. i'm probably gonna go with i'm probably gonna go with draven fair enough i don't know if i have any that i dis or that i like the gameplay but dislike the theme um which is kind of a cop out but i feel like all the characters that i enjoy playing i enjoy playing because they have like themes that are appealing to me as well yeah um so hey that's that's probably it (laughs) yeah if you Um, can answer the question you can send it to us on twitter or discord or email um speaking of emails let's go ahead and knock out a couple we're definitely not going to be able to get to all of it um but we'll do our best the first one's from dippy i've been going through the process of healing myself uh, after i realized my parents were never there emotionally for me something i've learned recently by my fiance talking to my friends is that they don't feel the closeness of relationship of friendship from me and this totally blindsided me These are my buddies I've been playing with since high school. We did chorus and theater together. We've played League or Dungeons and Dragons on a near nightly basis for nine years. But it turns out that doing stuff together all the time isn't all you need for a friendship. This might sound weird or uncomfortable if you also grew up under the expectations of the patriarchy. But if it does, it probably means you're emotionally stunted like me. And it's not your fault, but it is your problem to deal with. This is your sign to go get therapy. It's not not just for people who want to hurt themselves. Um, I apologize for the emotional damage of this email, Dippy. Dippy's always sending us real, real shit. 
Thanks, Dippy. Straight from the heart. Straight facts. Yeah. Hey, tell your friends that you that you love them. That's important. Yeah, and then and then also make fun of them to balance it out. Yeah. <laughs> I had just joshing. Just just kidding. <laughs> <I don't... laughs> yeah. Um. Cool. Thanks, Dippy. Next email is a long one from Zod. Ooh, return of the Zod. Gentlemen, it's been a while since I've queued up for Ranked, so I was greatly relieved that Riot, in response to your and so many other feedbacks, overhauled the bot system to help new and veteran players alike. As I've been out for a few patches, I would need some catching up before resuming the grind. The client boots up smoothly and overlays seamlessly with the new AI and third-party features. As soon as I select first bots, a helpful Poro avatar appears in the bottom right corner. Hi Zod, looks like you haven't played in a few weeks and need some practice. Want some help? A few things have changed since your last match. Yes, please, I say half to myself and half to the AI, opting for the top lane and scrolling through the customization options now available for near every contingency. I opt for metagaming, ensuring that the draft will compromise the highest play rate and win rate champions in their respective roles, and check top lane under my team's win conditions. It's my game, after all. I should be the main character in my own practice. Since it's been a little while, I also select farming for my opponent laner's criteria, staying away from the lane bully or split pushing for the time being. The game loads in as we spread out from the fountain. Since I've selected to be my team's win condition, the AI drafted accordingly. An aggressive ganking jungler and roaming maestro support. I'll clear three camps and come top lane. Try and hold him there, my jungle bot tells me, pinging their pathing and then indicating where in lane we should try it all in. I nod and take a breath, letting the first wave crash into the opponents, last hitting as best I can and poking the enemy Nasus uh, where I can, but not so aggressively as to scare him away. I opted for minus 20% MMR handicap, so I know he's objectively <laughs> worse than me, but I'm here to practice some lane setups. There's no need to be overly punished. Like clockwork, under three minutes and my jungle bot is pinging that he's on his way for me to go in. Use your W to slow him down. I'll be able to flag and drag from there, then EQ to finish him up. He tells me, sure enough, the crippling strike is also the setup he needs, and my decimate is enough to get first blood. Junglebot gives me a thumbs up as he heads to scuttle and says, good job, top, and nice team compliments from mid and bot lane roll in. The AI Poro dances in the top corner of my screen. Nice work. You should push this wave so it crashes against the tower. That way, Nasus will miss experience and farm. Probably a good to recall afterward. You'll have enough to gold for a hearthbound axe. Do you want to practice a tower dive next? Sure. Okay, run back to the lane and be aggressive against Nasus, but watch the minion aggro. You should have at least three quarters health to dive successfully without being level six, the Poro advises. As I run back to lane, I watch both my jungle and support recall item, recall for items and buys, pinging the enemy tower and calling for the all-in. I'm coming through their tri brush, Junglebot tells me. Can you get vision here? He pings and pushes and push the wave hard. I'll be there in two minutes. Support bot makes chime noises in agreement and pings his pathing <laughs> and ability readiness. The dive is on. The wave arrives right in time for jungle and support to spring their trap under the tower. Support lands their Q stun and I'm able to bleed Nasus out enough for the jungle to secure the kill. But not before I'm unable to escape the last tower shot due to wither. Damn. My bad, the jungler tells me. I quickly pause and change the bot settings from Honor 5 to Toxic for realism, and the my bad changes to what the fuck, followed by a series of missing pings by him and the support. Much better. The AI Poro pauses the game for me. Looks like that was a big play. Would you like to see it again? 
I opt for yes, and the game rewinds to the beginning of that setup, slowing <laughs> and indicating the abilities used in sequence and what the highest success rate will be for each. Looks like you took aggro one tower shot too early. The Poro offers, let Jarvan take one of those shots before you apprehend here. Makes sense. Would you want to see it from Jarvan's perspective? Sure. The, the HUD pivots to my jungler, and I watch this his sequence of clicks and combos as we juggle Nasus under tower. Makes sense. Would you like to play it from Jarvan's perspective? No thanks, and I close the game, ready for something a bit different. I'm back in the lobby and changing the settings for the win condition to bot lane and neutral objectives. I stay in top lane and opt to practice surviving, so I select the lane bully for the opponent, uh, opposition and aggressive for the enemy jungler. Again, the game loads in and we spring to the fountain. 42% win rate, lol, mid, bot, <laughs> bin bot, quips, pinging me, pause, bot settings, back to honor five. Good luck, have fun, <laughs> bot explain. Vision wins, smiley face, jungle bot advises, pinging the rift herald timer. Much better, Paul. <laughs> God. That would be a, a pretty good experience for. Uh, that would be insane. Yeah, like God, if if bot games were actually that good or could be, holy shit, that'd be great. People would learn the game a lot faster, I think. Yeah, but, I think so too. Yeah, it would be it would be nice to to have that. Yeah. The most unrealistic part, I think, of the entire thing though, was when you went to dive top and your support hit their stun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> um, cool. I. Yeah, we have time for one more. Um, this one is from Large Dad. Oh, God, Large Dad. Get ready for a, a bad joke. Uh, even lads... What? Even lads, I apologize for the somber note of this email, as I'm sure many, 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 many of you, uh, if not all, I am ungodly popular, you know. will be sad to know this will be my last email for a while. Going on a bit of a hiatus for a while as life is moving on and I'll be taking this time away from the internet and mostly off the grid. So while I know I will be missed far more than any of the hosts will, uh, as we all know, this podcast should be renamed to the Dadcast. I leave you all with this last joke to satisfy you until I return. Omen goes to the pet store to buy a parrot. The prices are $100, $200, and $15. She asks why the last one is so cheap and the shopkeeper responds because he used to live in a brothel. The woman, happy to get a cheap parrot, gives the shopkeeper $15 and adopts the parrot. When she gets home, the parrot says, fuck me, a new brothel. And the woman laughs. When her daughter gets home, the parrot says, fuck me, two new prozies. The woman laughs again. When the dad comes home, the woman is looking forward to what the parrot's going to say. And sure enough, fuck me, Pete. Haven't seen you in weeks. Your favorite dad who is also large. That was a pretty, that was a pretty good one. Yeah, I like that one. Um, as I, I think I, I saw it last week, even though we didn't get to it, and I've just heard that one several times before. <laughs> a very, but, a very strong, a very strong joke, yeah. though. Good, um, good, good one to end on. Uh, we wish you the best, even though you might not hear it, and uh, hopefully you'll you'll come back and uh, hang out in the community again sometime uh, when your your life more aligns with that. Yeah, we have some more emails, but we'll have to get to them in uh, the next week. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, and thank you, Dan, for joining us. Uh, appreciated having your your perspective on the, uh, the AD carry items. Yeah, thanks again for having me. Uh, if you want to send us an email, it's meltleecastpodcast.com. Watch us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash kingauto, bluebasket, and leecastfrost. Tweet at us at leecast on Facebook, where leecast. Visit our website, leecastpodcast.com. Join our Discord server, discord.gg forward slash leecast, and support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash leecast. Dan, is there anything you want to shout out? Um, maybe my Twitch, twitch.tv slash Dan96. I didn't maybe know you like, streamed. 
I sorry, like, can you do it again before I, so I don't interrupt it? Uh, <laughs> Twitch.tv slash Danman96. I haven't streamed for a while, but it would, I mean, throwing a follow like would be nice, you know. I might I might start again. Like yeah, when you when you get 400 follows because of the shout out, you're gonna you're gonna do it. You're gonna stream again. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, awesome. That that'll do it for this episode. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. See ya.